Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And I missed yesterday because, well, two reasons. I was traveling. And the second reason is my son is extremely sick because that's what happens when we go on vacations now. He gets sick, which is great. It's a lot of fun. Um, we were on the airplane, and he threw up all over me right before we took off. It was awesome. Threw up all over me. Luckily, he didn't throw up on the nice lady sitting next to us. He threw up on my laptop bag. He threw up on the seat. He threw up threw up on himself. It was really bad. I felt really, really terrible for him and the lady sitting next to us because we both smelled like vomit afterwards. He was able to change his clothes because we were smart and brought an extra change of clothes for a four-year-old. However, I was not. So I just pretty much just sat around with vomit on me for five and a half hours. It was a lot of fun on an overnight trip. Anyway, oh, geez, Lou, don't want to do that. I wanted to record a little bit earlier today, but uh, he was sick and dry heaving. And so now it's 11.49 at night on a Saturday, and I'm just getting around to it. I've got one more podcast to prep and do, and then I get to go to work in the morning. So exciting. The good thing is, is I feel pretty good because I slept till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon today. So can't complain about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's start off. Fred Lambert and electric and this is some more information on the model 3 configurations because there's some confusion and i have something to say once i get done talking about this story um so we know that the model 3 will, will have about 100 different configurations uh now we're we have some more clarification on that they're going to have at least two wheel sizes 18 and 19 inch wheels an optional glass glass roof which leads me to believe that there's going to be a standard you know, whatever body-colored roof in addition to the glass roof. Coil suspension, I think we knew about that already. Self-driving capabilities, we knew about that already. And it's going to be a mixture of steel and aluminum body, whereas the Model S is just aluminum. And hopefully we'll know more soon. But until Tesla really officially announces what's going to come in with the Model 3, it's all going to be speculation, and these little tidbits that come out, uh, everybody's putting a lot into them to try and and suck all of the knowledge out of these 
little tweets that Elon sends out or this little uh, information that Tesla releases, and we're just all going crazy. But in the end, it's causing more confusion. So that's a little part on uh, the media's fault. And, and I'll take, because I just kind of regurgitate with the media rights, I'll, I'll take my fair share of the blame. But that's the media's fault, and that's also Tesla's fault, because we just don't have the information, and people are hungry for the information. They want to know what the Model 3 is going to have. And we're just quietly, quietly waiting, quietly waiting for Tesla to figure that out and tell us. And that's why I don't think they've told us yet, is I don't think they've quite figured out. It's probably still like the the erasable marker on the whiteboard is still fresh and smells probably like licorice. Next up, Tesla is testing. Oh, this is from Fred Lambert at Electric. Almost all of these articles today are from Fred Lambert at Electric. He really knocked it out of the park this, this week. Tesla is testing on their website uh, a streamlining ordering process for all three cars, presumably for all three cars. Basically, they're making car bundles or packages. The standard package is a Model S uh, 75 kilowatt hour battery. The premium is a 100D, and the performance is a P100D. You can still order a custom car if you want, but this simplifies the ordering process, and therefore it simplifies fies, excuse me, the, the building process. They can build a certain amount of uh, these prepackaged cars based on what they know about what people want in the car itself. And um, let's, let's just go ahead and go over this. A standard, right, will cost you uh, about $862 a month. It's a 75 kilowatt hour battery, 240 mile range, 249 mile range, excuse me, 0 to 60 in 5.5 seconds, rear wheel drive, 19 inch wheels, glass roof. Um, it's got enhanced autopilot is available, but not included. Full self-driving capability is not included. Uh, Premium upgrades is not included. Let's just talk about the stuff that's included, because that doesn't make any sense to talk about stuff that's not included. Active safety technologies, regular over-the-air updates, access to Tesla supercharger network, automatic keyless entry, Full LED headlamps, power liftgate, and eight-year infinite mile battery and drivetrain warranty. Now that that's for everything, obviously, that from active safety technologies to the eight-year warranty. So let's go over to the premium. It's a hundred kilowatt hour battery, three hundred and thirty-five mile range, zero to sixty in four point two seconds. Um, it's a ninety-six thousand seven hundred dollar car after savings, which brings it to fourteen hundred and twenty-nine dollars a month. Glass roof, 19-inch wheels, all-wheel drive for the premium. Autopilot, enhanced autopilot is included for this one, but not self-driving capabilities. Um, premium upgrade package is included, and the smart air suspension is included, which I think the air suspension is super cool. Uh, the performance model is $150,700 if you got that laying around after savings, or $2,214 a month. It's a 100 kilowatt hour battery, 315 mile range, 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds, all wheel drive, 21 inch wheels, sunroof, and then autopilot and self driving capabilities are included, along with the premium upgrade, the premium sound, the Sub Zero winter package, the smart suspension, the carbon fiber. The red brake calipers, 
And the rear-facing seats are available if you want them. I don't know who would. Um, along the same lines, June 8th, uh, Tesla will be discontinuing the 90-kilowatt-hour battery. <laughs> Next up, I can't. I think I did this story last week, but I can't remember. Fred Lampert from Electric. Um, Tesla solar roof is sold out well into 2018. Awesome. The pre-orders are going like gangbusters. Uh, next one, Fred Lambert, electric. Earlier this year, the Pope, and I think we talked about this, the Pope was um, given a, I don't know if you know who the Pope is, he runs the Catholic Church. He was given a Nissan Leaf. He had the choice between a Nissan Leaf or a Model S, and he chose the, the Nissan Leaf. Uh, now, the Pope is a brand new owner of an Opel Ampera, which is basically the Chevy Volt. Carl Thomas Newman, the CEO of Opel, gave the Pope the car in person. Um, not sure if the Pope drives or not. I like to think or imagine that the Pope's sneaking out of the Vatican late at night, cruising the streets of Rome, you know, it's a little late night street racing. Let's just let's just go on that assumption. I wonder what his racer name is. If you know what his, if you have an idea for the Pope's racer name, um, street racing name, please send it to me on Twitter at nine eighteen digital. Next one. Um, so I think everybody's aware of this. President Trump has uh, pulled out of the Paris Agreement uh, because he doesn't think it's fair to America or Americans businesses. I don't think he cares about Americans so much as about the business parts. Um, without getting too political, from what I understand, that these agreements are kind of self. Like the goals are are basically set by the country themselves, and they're non-binding. So it's a weird thing to pull out of, um, and say that it's not fair. Toward, I, I, nobody can fully explain to me, and if you can, please let me know why it's not fair to Americans and why we bear the brunt and the burden. Other than, I'm going to guess that the coal industry doesn't like this, and Donald Trump is at the teat of the coal industry for some reason. Um, not sure. Anyway, he just sucks at that teat. <sighs> anyway, so Elon... He's going to leave the Trump council um, as an advisor. And I understand why he left, but I do not want to see him go. Uh, the more diverse opinions that the president hears, the better. And I feel like there's probably enough yes-men around Donald Trump. And I would, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to, let's just get a little, not super political, but my leanings, right, I'm very much uh, a labor person, and I've been very clear on that. But my general leading, leanings for just general things probably follow the more conservative curve as far as financial stuff. And then it flips over and does a little bit more of the liberal stuff for, like, social stuff. Like, I don't think that we should be messing with everybody's health care every time a president gets elected because it screws everybody doesn't screw the president or the people making the rules, but it screws all the people that are forced to sign up for these these healthcare plans. So I'm a little bit more social liberal and then conservative. I know that those are two completely assuming, uh, if you look at it from the outside, but that's more like a libertarian 
view. I think you could do both, and I think you could be both responsibly. So, and I am not a, I'm not a hater of, you know, I didn't hate Obama. Did I think he did a fantastic job? Probably not. I don't think he was awesome. He wasn't bad, for sure. Uh, did I hate George Bush? No, but I don't think he did a, a fantastic job either. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, cautious when I hear somebody that's like, and I'm not wishy-washy. I, I do have my firm beliefs that I won't get into here, but I'm always leery of somebody who follows the party line to a T and does not have any thoughts for themselves. And I have a lot of friends who are conservatives. And I have a lot of friends who are diehard conservatives and just spout whatever Donald Trump says or whatever Donald Trump's people say. They come back and they just spout it all day long. And I have friends who are extremely conservative but also watch liberal TV to kind of see what the other side is thinking. And I appreciate those people. I appreciate all of them, actually. They're all my friends. And then I also have liberal friends that are on the other side. And uh, for me... um, I, I don't like Donald Trump. He's sleazy, he's dishonest, and he's just a worthless human being. I can't say, I don't like saying that about anybody. So for me to say that about Donald Trump, it, I actively dislike this person. I do not like him one bit, Sam I am. This guy is a sleazeball. He will do things under the guise of conservative values but they're only to help his businesses. If he ran an abortion clinic, abortion would be just fine by him. But because he needs the conservative backers, he has a uh, he's against abortion, which is fine. And I don't I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem if you're for abortion. I'm just saying, whichever way it's going to profit him and his family the most, that's what he's going to do. He's just a sleazeball. He's not in it to help the American people. He's not in it to help anybody except for himself and the people that suck at Donald's teat. Having said that, um, yeah, I, I really wish Elon would have stayed because I he, I think the president needs um, smart people. And whether they agree with him or not, he needs the more smart people around him, the better. So... Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Christian Prenzler at Teslarati. Elon has let everyone know, um, all of the employees know anyway, that every employee injury will be reported to him, regardless of the injury. So if you if you tear your nail off um, walking up the stairs on the handrails, Elon hears about it. I'm not entirely Tesla has like 10,000 employees in California and I don't know how far this extends. I don't know if it extends to the people in the Gigafactory, I don't know. Or the people over in Buffalo at that factory. But Tesla has 10,000 employees in in um Fremont if I'm reading the article right. That is a lot of people to be briefed on cuz 10,000 employees, I'm sure there's a couple of accidents a day. And they may be very minor, but if you're going, I'm, I'm going to look at every accident no matter what, 10,000 10, people every single day, that might get a little, you might get bogged down. But I applaud Elon for doing this because I do think, and I've been calling for on this show for quite some time, that Elon needs to sit down 
and and actually listen and understand what's going on because when you're at that level um, not every employee problem filters up to you uh, when you're at that level you hear what the middle managers and the upper managers think you don't necessarily hear what the employees think so I applaud him for this um, Musk is meeting with the safety team each week which I also applaud that's pretty impressive I still don't know who all makes up the safety team, but if it's people in each department and they're regular workers, that's awesome. I applaud them for doing that. I applaud them for doing it anyway, because it is nice that the CEO of a company is meeting with a team to make sure that the employees are safe. Take a drink here. So in addition with meeting with all these people, Elon would like to meet with the injured employee after um, they've gotten better or if they're well enough to meet. So if you break your arm, he'll give you a couple of days and ask if you want to meet. And if you're okay with that, he wants to talk to you and wants to know your thoughts on what could be done to make this a safer process. Um, and then at the very end, Elon's going to go down to the production line and do the perform the task that the injured employee was performing when they got hurt. I think this is super important. Because when you're a CEO, or I shouldn't say I know this for a fact, but I would imagine if when you're a CEO, you, you the your insulation is pretty thick between you and the average worker. There is a lot of layers of bureaucracy. And you might be told, you might ask, well, is this dangerous? And you might be told, no, it's not. It's an, it's an isolated incident. Well, it may, may be an isolated incident or it may not be an isolated incident. So for him to go down and do the task and then also he's going to be with other employees in that same area doing those tasks i think that is a, a great thing for him to do um this is the right step this this only uh addresses the working conditions um for the wage hours and working conditions that the union's looking for basically i'm summarizing they're obviously looking for more didn't just that, but improving safety, I think this is a good start to sit down and start talking. And that's really all I've been asking. I do think, um, again, I think the unions are a good thing from an employee's standpoint, but I, I applaud Elon for taking a role. And hopefully this continues for more than just, you know, a few months. Hopefully he continues doing this. I know he can't do this on an everyday occasion, um, you have other things. He has other things to do. But with any luck, he'll um, learn something and, th you know, things will kind of change a little bit for the employees. So good stuff. I'll make sure I didn't miss anything because I feel like I had something else to say, but I don't remember what it is. Oh, he had a letter. So this is the letter that Elon sent out, uh, email to everyone at Tesla. Um, no words can express how much I care about your safety and well-being. And I believe that. I don't think Elon is a heartless person. It breaks my heart when someone is injured building cars and trying their best to make Tesla successful. Going forward, I've asked that every injury be reported directly to me without exception. I'm meeting with the safety team every week and would like to meet with every injured person as soon as they are well so that I can understand from them exactly what we need to do to make it better. I will then go down to the production line and perform that same task that they performed. This is what all managers at Tesla should do as a matter of course. 
At Tesla, we lead from the front line, not from some safe and comfortable ivory tower. Managers must always put their team's safety above their own. Now, here is where that I disagree a little bit. And this is coming from a firefighter background, not from a CEO background. Uh, if you're the captain of a crew or the manager of a crew or whatever, your safety is as important as your crew safety. So if you put your life in danger, um, from a firefighter standpoint, you're putting your crew's life in danger. So the, the safety of the managers and the safety of the employees should be the same. So if the, the managers don't think that it's safe, the employees shouldn't be doing it. And I think that's what he says there, uh, or what he means there, but obviously the manager's safety is also important. Um, just as important as the employee's safety. Whoa, that's it. 20 minutes. I, I actually honestly thought that this was going to be longer and I had to cut a whole bunch of articles because I thought this was going to be another 40-minute show just with what I had. So I'm pretty happy and um, maybe I need to, I don't know if I need to add more. 20 minutes is really where I want to go with this. Um, if it goes longer, that's okay. But uh, yeah, I'm just really surprised that that was only 20 minutes. It felt like I was working on this for hours. So I have a pick, and I haven't been doing picks a ton lately and because I forget mostly, so I had to write it down. But the pick that I have now today is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Season 2. There's Season 3 out. I haven't seen it. Season 1 was eh. Season 2 is actually very funny. It has a nice take on how ridiculous the world has gotten. And the, the comedy borders on, like, it just kind of touches like dirty adult humor and it still stays like super innocent it's really um a funny funny show and so and then i'll leave you with this because i'm really i'm fatigued like i just got off of a two-week vacation one which i was in hawaii i was having a wonderful time i love the people of hawaii the hawaiian people are so nice i got hugs from hawaiian people who i didn't even know and we had nice conversations, and that is my happy place. Like, if there is a place in the world that is my favorite place ever, it's Kona, Hawaii, followed by Florence, Italy, and then Thailand. Uh, but for whatever reason, Kona, whenever I go there, I step off the plane, I take a breath, take a breath, and instantly I'm at ease. It is my favorite place. I love walking, like, at the water. I love hanging out at the restaurants and and meeting new people or you know doing something stupid like you're walking through the outside grocery store market thing and there's like a lay making class and you just sit down and you talk to the the people at the uh the that are putting on the leg making class it's a very it's a very nice and welcoming place at least it has been for me and everybody is super kind i met uh, another firefighter there i met um a lady who's kind of do something with a triage center in Reno. Um, I met this guy named Chris and his girlfriend, who I can't remember her last her name. It was a little unusual, but they were very sweet and very nice. We were talking about uh, aerial photography with drones and stuff. It was just a really cool trip. So then I come back and I start catching up on kind of everything I missed. I didn't, other than doing the podcast last week, I didn't turn on my computer, just except for that one reason. Um, so I see this thing that Kathy Griffith did, 
which is, you know, distasteful. But it, I don't understand why everybody's making such a big deal out of it other than it's distasteful. And then there's, like, the Bill Maher thing, and there's some other stuff that's going on. And so I would just like to say this, because it's fatiguing. Like, it's fatiguing for me. And I have a high tolerance. I have a low tolerance for baloney, but I have a pretty high tolerance just for whatever goes on. I, I don't generally, unless it's for certain things, I don't generally get too upset about anything. Um, although there are my trigger points. But this is, like, so fatiguing. If somebody does or says something stupid, hold them accountable for the stupid thing that they said. But then be prepared to forgive them because a, one stupid moment does not uh, constitute ruining their lives and their ability to make money for the rest of their life. There are plenty of people out there who have said stupid things who are either um, mis, uh, misrepresented in what they said or they just said something stupid. And then all of a sudden they're being fired and and this is goes from regular people to celebrities. They're being fired and they're ostracized and uh, the internet is coming down on them. But just remember this, you could be that next person. We are in a very we live in a very connected world and unless you don't do anything at all that's outside of your little bubble, you could probably say something stupid. I say stupid shit all the time. All the time. And honest to God, I, I pray every day that I don't get in trouble for some of the stupid stuff that I say. And I don't say it to be mean. And I don't say it to be um, vindictive. Just sometimes you say something and it makes somebody else angry. It's not on purpose. It's just like, hey, I said something. Now they're mad. Apologize. And then we forgive each other and we move on. I don't understand why we can't do this in... in outside of personal relationships. Like, I can't tell you, I have a really close friend named Eddie, and there's probably five or six times that we've really made, the one of us has made the other one really angry. Like, angry to the point of anger. And the other one has stopped and just apologized, and it made it all go away. And this is why he's my friend. I do not understand um, this, this constant need for and this is I'm just going to use Republicans and Democrats as an example for one side to do something dumb or a member of one side to do something dumb and the other side just to pile on them and then vice versa all it does all you're doing is shuffling uh piles from one party to the other cuz the next time it turn, comes around the Republicans are going to say something dumb and then we'll pile on them and then the Democrats then we'll pile on them and it's just shuffling one pile of crap to the other and if you don't think that you have the capability of saying stu something stupid, or if you're going to tell me you don't have the capability of saying something dumb or insensitive, you're a fucking liar. So with that, I hope that everybody has a really nice week. Stay really classy. And um, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to me ramble. I really appreciate it. Peace out, I guess. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcaster, forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.